0: Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the World Cycle series, The Rise of Leithers. This is once again an episode with no script that I'm doing extemporaneously. I find that I enjoy that better. I'm looking into doing speech-to-text so that I have something to post with these episodes, but this episode will continue to not have a script. Anyway, go to my website, worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, and read all of my shit. Enjoy. I think that everyone knows about the Ascent. People like to give it a fancy name, after all, and it was a worldwide event. The proper start of the Age of Discovery. And it was this Ascent that gave rise to Lithes. There's an official story, isn't there? There's a well-known story, too. And then there's, well, the actual story. As much as there is an actual story about anything. Let me quickly summarise The Ascent, though. It is relevant to the story of Lythas. The Ascent, of course, was the about 50 years or so during which the Kalnan started to arrive on the surface. The thing about The Ascent, of course, is that it was precipitated by the discovery of reactive glass, which is a type of photochromatic glass that is treated with the blood of great worms, And by doing so, a glass that is perfect to protect a Kal'nan's eyes from the sun and light in general is created. Reactive glass is, in fact, extremely useful for Kal'nan. Not so useful for everyone else, necessarily. But, on the other hand, having Kal'nan on the surface is very useful for all of us. There are stories to the ascent, that's true, but... they're not that interesting, I suppose. Many people, many times, came across pieces of discovery. Came across Fen or Gal or Yogg. And they were shown how to make reactive glass. And that's the story, over and over again. And so I thought that I would just skip past it. So instead, I am here to tell the story of Lythes, Of Con Lythes specifically. The founder of what would come to be the Lithez Empire. Now, not everybody has encountered the Lythas Empire, of course, especially not these days. The Lythas Empire crumbled, well, a while ago. But its effects were felt across the world. The way that Lythas dealt with the Kalnan caused some significant differences around the world in terms of how the Age of Discovery played out, and it's not an accurate telling of the Age of Discovery without a discussion of what Lythes did. I will point out the differences with the official story as I go, but I won't tell either of the entire official stories. I'm sure enough people know them already. And if you don't, it's because they don't matter anymore. Con Lythes was an ordinary enough Vinan man. Ordinary enough in the sense that he was Wealthy to the extent that someone could be wealthy at the time. He came from, not exactly a noble house, but it would have been a noble house a little bit later. He came from a line of the leaders of a town called Lithus. was named after his family, of course. And he was ambitious, shall we say, in the same way that his parents had been ambitious, in the same way that his grandparents had been ambitious, but Con Lithez needed something else to do. See, the town of Lithus had spread. It had built itself up into one of the earliest cities. Of course, not as populous as we might think of cities today, but still holding quite a number of people and controlling quite a large amount of land for the time. But Con Leithers had set his sights on expanding, set his sights on Not as much an empire at the time, perhaps, set his sights on a kingdom, taking over other cities, taking over other places, taking over other people, of course, as was the tendency of Lythas. I wasn't born yet when this story starts. I wasn't born yet when Con Lythas died Sometime later. But I was born in Takara, and I'm sure... I hope people know what that means. For the moment, all that means is that I have more than a passing academic interest in the history of Lythas. Certainly I was born while well, the Empire still existed, so I have a more than passing interest in the topic. But that's enough about me, back to our subject, Con Lythas. Con wanted to expand, as I said, and to expand he needed something more. Some extra oomph, some power, that he lacked at the time. See, the city of Lithers might have been bigger than any of the other settlements around, but it wasn't more populous than all of them combined. And that was a problem for con Lithers. Lithers might have been more wealthy than all of their neighbours combined, but still they didn't have the power, they didn't have the capacity to push outwards as much as they would have liked. They didn't have the money to buy out everyone. And so, Con Leithes needed to find a way to fight. And this is where we return to the ascent. This story takes place during the ascent, toward the end of it, shall we say. It takes place during the decades in which the Kalanmen were starting to reach the surface, were starting to meet the people there, and starting to build permanent settlements, starting to make friends. Here is the first place where we're going to diverge from the official stories. It was not the clan of Nalareth that emerged near Lythas. It was a clan called Veselon. There was no clan Nalareth at the time. The clan of Veselon emerged early in the ascent, as they were one of the clans that had discovered reactive glass. They were one of the clans that had met a piece of discovery. In their case, it had been Gal who had shown them the way to make reactive glass with the blood of the Earth. Or the worm blood, as most people like to call it, because it's more fun. The clan of Thessalon did not go to Lythes initially. They did not go and meet Con and arrange some kind of deal. They went to other towns first. They explored the forest first. They learned the local language first, of course. And it was not the whole of the clan Veselon that went to Lythes when eventually Calnan reached that city. It was just the chemist Nalareth, who would, of course, go on to found a clan of their own. But at the time, there was no clan of Nalareth. The warrior called Nalareth went to Lythes because other people in the area had suggested that if they were interested in finding more exotic reagents, more exotic things in general, they should go to Lithez. The big city, of course, could afford more goods, could afford to create more goods, could afford more craftspeople of various skill. And in Lithez, Nalareth found that they were disappointed, as they should have expected had they been a little bit more thoughtful. Nalareth and other chemists like them the vivisectionists and warriors of the clan of Vesselon had been disappointed by their ability to find reagents, by their ability to find other chemists on the surface world. You see, even though there were chemists, arguably, at the time, they tended to be called alchemists rather than chemists, which I hope by now we understand are very different things. There was an alchemist in my hometown, He died of the bubonic plague, trying his best to cure it with a mixture of salt and lead. Nalareth was not, perhaps, a thoughtful person, or was not perhaps a scrupulous person. And so they decided to meet with Con Lithez, at the time the head of the city called Lithez. And they decided to meet Con as not because they thought that Con would have a better chance of finding them reagents or chemists or even useful alchemists but because Nalareth had discovered money. I believe that by now everyone uses money at least to some capacity so everybody should know what it is but essentially it's some token that people exchange for goods and services that's backed by A promise by the state that it has value. That would be the best way to describe money, the easiest way, at least, for anybody who's not familiar with the concept. At the time, most people weren't familiar with the concept of money. It may seem a bit strange now, but most people didn't have need for money. People traded or bartered for what they wanted, or people gave each other things, depending on what the situation was. And the city of Lythes was, of course, not the first place to use money, and was not the only place to use money. But it was a trailblazer. It was a trendsetter, shall we say. The Lythes family, in this way, as in many other ways, were trailblazers. For Nalareth, the use of money was appealing, was enticing, exciting. Nalareth was a warrior, not a vivisectionist. And though they came from the same culture as vivisectionists, they came from the same culture as anyone else whose interest was in sharing their knowledge, they, for whatever reason, were more interested in benefiting personally from the use of their knowledge. And on the subject of weapons, Nalareth, like many warriors, was familiar with methods of making explosives. And though there were different reagents to be found on the surface, there were also the same reagents needed to make some of the explosives that Nalareth used. The Kal'nan used explosives, of course, to tunnel, to break through walls or to clear blockages and collapses and the like. But Lithez, of course, saw a different opportunity in the use of explosives, saw a different opportunity in the ways that Nalareth could make acid, and could make various other dangerous chemicals. Lythes saw the opportunity that he had been waiting for. Con Lythes needed better weapons, needed more power to begin his conquest. And Nalareth provided those initial tools. For a price, of course. But Con Leithes was the state who promised that those tokens had value. Con Lythes had as much money as he wanted to have. The clan of Vesselon had been on the surface for about 10 years. Con Lythes was in his mid-40s, Nalareth was in their mid-30s, and the ascent was drawing to a close to the extent that it has ever drawn to a close. Not all of the Kal'nan clans came above ground, not all of them wanted to, of course, and still not all of them want to. But most of those that would come to establish themselves above ground had arrived by now. Knowledge was spreading around the world. And in Lythes, knowledge was spreading in a particular direction. The fighting broke out about a year after Nalareth arrived at Lythes. Fighting broke out about a year after Nalareth had agreed to some deal that they had made with Conlifers for some endless amount of money, I'm sure. The deal was never written down, interestingly enough. It has not been my experience that Kal'nan failed to write things down. And so, either Nalareth knew what they were doing, or the records have since been destroyed because the official story goes very differently, doesn't it? The entire clan of Nalareth arrived in Lythes and the entire clan made a deal with Con, And that was how Con gained the weapons that he needed to defeat his evil enemies. Those people who happened to live nearby and not want his money enough to sell their land to him. The clan of Vesalon involved themselves in the fighting their warriors involved themselves in the fighting. Their vivisectionists involved themselves in the fighting. Vesselon's vivisectionists were far more skilled than any medics that Lythas had at their disposal. Vesselon's warriors were far more adept at making explosives than anyone that Lythas had at his disposal. But the clan of Vesselon had a hundred people in it and the city of Lythes had about 35,000 people in it. Like I said, not the biggest of cities by today's measure, but the towns and townships, various villages, the people in general who Lythes wanted to fight numbered about 45,000, and so Lythes was outnumbered, of course. Lythes needed some extra edge, and in this case, it was that the clan of Vesselon could not spread itself that thin. The clan of Vesselon did not have enough vivisectionists, did not have enough warriors, didn't have enough scouts or amateur chemists to spread among all the towns that surrounded Lythes, to teach them and help them and heal them. The method, and it had been tried before, of holding Lythes back was to encircle the city with troops. The towns didn't need that many more troops than the city of Lythes, if they encircled it. If the city's forces were spread so thin, they could do little to get past. But with Nalareth's explosives, there was now a new way through. There was now a new method that Lythes could exploit. The clan of Veselon, eventually, depleted to about 40 people, headed underground. And they took with them nearly 2,000 people from the surface. 2,000 people fleeing Lythas's advance. And Lithes moved on. Lithes took what remained of those towns and subjugated, shall we say, what remained of the people who lived there. And eventually, Lithez continued to move out. Continued to move out and out and out. Until, first, he encountered the border with Takra, But that will be the story for next time, I think. That is a very interesting story. Until then... Thank you for listening to this episode of the World Cycle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like my work, you can follow me at worldcyclepodcast.wordpress.com, where I post short stories every day, and you might get the occasional sneak peek of upcoming episodes or ideas that I have, or whatever. If you prefer, you can follow me on Tumblr, where I cross-post the stories and also reblog some shit from time to time. Or, if you're a real weirdo, you can follow me on Twitter, at theworldcycle where I also cross-post the stories. Sometimes I do other stuff, too. If you want to support my work, I do have one of those, you know, give-me-money-on-the-internet things at ko-fi.com slash worldcycle, where you can throw me a few bucks if you really want to. No pressure, of course. And until next time, remember that when you make friends in a cave, well, now you have friends, but you're still in a cave. Goodbye.